and welcome back to Witch Mix. Today I'm looking at Season of the Witch by Mariah Fredericks. This one kind of snuck up on me a little bit. I didn't know a huge amount about it. Uh, I found it just by looking at random stuff on eBay that had the word witch somewhere in the listing. And uh, I bought it with a bunch of other books because um, I've started trying to do a sort of make weight type thing. Just combining postage and buying a lot of books from the same seller. So I got a number of other witch related books from the same person and they all kind of came shoved in a bag together i'm going to give trigger warnings at the top for this one uh, it deals with quite a lot of stuff because it's a, a teenage like young adult book so uh, it deals with things like eating disorders self-harm attempted suicide depression uh, also um, teens being sexually active drinking alcohol drug use and also um, there's some like ableism and maybe some infanticide mentioned in the story as well. So it gets quite hardcore in there. And if any of that is the sort of thing that would trigger you, uh, I would give this one a miss. So Season of the Witch starts off like another book that I played for the podcast, like right back at the beginning, The Drowning Pond. Uh, basically, uh, a girl is being picked on and turns to magic for revenge. It's slightly different to that in the sense that the main character, Tony, isn't tragically unpopular or a nerd or any kind of the usual tropes. But over the summer holidays, the it girl of the school, Chloe, broke up with her boyfriend briefly. And Tony had the misfortune to get with him for a couple of weeks before the two of them made it up and got back together. So at the start of the new school year, her name is Mud and various rumours are being spread about her mean girl style. And she is being bullied quite a lot. Now, Tony has one close friend called Ella, who is kind of nice and lovely and fluffy and bubbly. Um, but not really that effective at keeping the bullies away. But Ella's cousin, Cassandra, is kind of weird and also kind of a loner at the school. And a tragedy has recently struck in that Cassandra's younger brother, who had autism, recently died by accident. He had a seizure in the bath while unattended and drowned while Cassandra was meant to be looking after him. And there's a lot of like intrigue and dark cloud around that. But Cassandra perhaps because of this like dark time in her life, has discovered witchcraft and she reaches out to Tony to tell her basically that she can help solve her problems. And the two of them get together to plan magical revenge on Chloe, her two friends, and also Oliver, the boy who started it all. I wasn't expecting a huge amount from this book. I'd not heard of the author before. This came out in 2013 when I obviously was not a teenager, so it wasn't even really on my radar. Um, but I was kind of expecting it to be a lot like The Drowning Pond. At the beginning, it also kind of reminded me of Walking Naked by Alyssa Brugman, which I read way, way back when I was a teenager because a girl magazine told me to, which is also a book about like um, teens falling out of the popular crowd and dealing with like suicide issues and things like that. It kind of took on a life of its own about halfway through and the plot did all sorts of weird and exciting, interesting things that I wasn't expecting it to, which was amazing it lit my world on fire i read it late into the night and then picked it up as soon as i woke up in the morning to finish it was not particularly long it's only about like 250 pages long and obviously it's for like young adults so it's quite easy to speed through if you are 
an adult as opposed to a young adult um but it was really exciting and i couldn't wait to read the rest of it and find out what was going to happen because it didn't really fall into any of the predictable patterns that i thought it would it also does some interesting things with this concept of teenage girls using witchcraft as a means to reclaim power that they feel that they've lost which is sort of one of the core themes of the book i think there's a lot of quite big emotional topics going on in the book um for example the main character tony's parents over the summer that all this stuff was going on with her her dad was also having an affair and her mum found out so she's got a lot of stuff going on at home there's also like the death of cassandra's brother and tony's friend ellie she has some stuff going on as well involving a possible eating disorder and like pressure from her parents so there's a lot of big teen subjects covered in it the actual like witchy aspects were i guess quite convincing they don't really go into like the wiccan area i don't think they actually use the word wicker at any point it's just sort of generic witchcraft tm like if you bought a book just called witchcraft and it just told you how to do some spells like um there's a book going around on instagram at the moment called hex your ex like if you picked up something like that and then just decided to do that um there's a nice moment where they go to cassandra's room and she's being all mysterious and showing tony her book of shadows and all tony's thinking about is how the urban outfitters incense is making her want to like gag and die which i found quite amusing um but the two of them get quite intense over their bond and when they actually get into hexing or cursing people it does feel very serious and very dark and very very much like something bad is going to happen you can feel the kind of dread building up in the story even though you know um, even if you're like the person who kind of doesn't believe in magic and you're like oh well you know this is just fake but if you are the kind of person who practices witchcraft and believes in magic like i do they're not doing any of the sort of things that I guess you would normally do in a ritual, like casting a circle and raising energy and all that. But it does definitely still feel like they're accomplishing something and that what they're doing isn't just harmless ill wishing. So that gets pretty atmospheric. There's also a lot of talk about uh, Disney princesses or princesses and witches in fairy tales in general. Um, the start of the book, there's like a, a prologue, which is Tony relating a story about how... Um, when she was in like junior school with people who aren't her friends now and who aren't featured in the story they would get together at recess and they would play out scenes from disney princess movies but she never got to do the princesses she wanted to do because she had brown hair and she had to be belle from beauty of the beast and neither of the other girls wanted to be beast so they always had to do things from like uh, sleeping beauty and the little mermaid and she always had to play like the crap role of like ursula or just you know being the bad guy which i don't think is a crap role I'd love to be ursula she had like bitch and tentacles or whatever but then um one day she decides to basically stand up for herself and insist that they are going to do a scene from snow white and uh, the other girls say okay fine we'll do it but you have to be the evil witch and so she's like okay fine if i can't be the princess i'll be the witch and we'll see what happens and she finds by doing that that she has power and she tells one of them that they're dead and they have to stay lying down and they're like oh but i'm uncomfortable and i want to go up and she's like well i'm the witch and i say you're dead which is a lot of foreshadowing for the book for sure 
it also kind of reminds me of and this is slightly off topic but when i was in primary school and like obviously way before i knew about wicker or witchcraft or any of that um i told a girl who i was sort of friends with at the time that i'd put uh, a curse on her and she couldn't move and she got really freaked out and she told a teacher on me and cried and i got in like serious trouble and i was like i mean i didn't actually do anything jeez uh, but it just really reminded me of that. I don't want to give too much away about the actual plot, but obviously when a main character curses their enemy to death and the book has a ways to go, you're kind of thinking, well, I mean, what could possibly happen? And it definitely goes down a very unexpected road in terms of what it actually means to reclaim that power and to believe that you have it. And also how it feels to react in that very high school way of saying, oh, well, I hate you. I wish you'd die just because of something like a book report or you know who went off with whose ex-boyfriend or whatever and what it actually means if you take those extreme emotions and look at them through a more mature like real life lens which is really interesting and i definitely recommend this not just for like young adults i think it makes a really good adult read as well because it has aspects of like psychological thriller novels uh, which is something that the author has written as well i did a quick check of her website and her goodreads page and it does seem like she's written a number of historic novels but also quite a number of teen novels uh, not featuring like magic and things like that but there is a series that is called the in the cards series which seems to revolve around uh, a set of tarot cards that someone gets left and things happen although from the cover they look a lot more younger in terms of their audience and a little bit more kiddie so i'm not sure if i'm going to read those because to be honest my to read pile is already so high and i have to draw the line somewhere and i'm drawing it at books for actual legitimate children but yeah i definitely really recommend season of the witch and it could make definitely an enjoyable holiday read or even something to just if you wanted to get into it and really analyze it i think there is a lot in there to like analyze and talk about the one thing actually the two things that i didn't like about it a huge amount was one of the title because while i love season of a witch season of the witch as a title it's the title of a lot of things because obviously a lot of people like the sound of it and it's the title of a number of other books also a film maybe more than one film and obviously musically as well so it is quite hard to google and it just comes off as a little bit generic and i feel like they the book is worth more than having just a generic title like that it could have had something a little bit more imaginative and also at some points the writing kind of comes across in that self-consciously i'm an adult trying to write for teens yo so there's like some weird occasions where like slang is used and some odd ways of like shortening things and shortening phrases for example cassandra at various points like towards the beginning of the book refers to people as a bastard um like a bastard but said in like a weird cockney accent and there is no reason why she's doing that given like in the book like she's not putting on the accent to make the word sound like that it's just written weird so that I didn't really get but aside from that pretty solid read definitely will be keeping and adding to the permanent collection because I want to read it again it reminds me of like really good Melvin Burgess uh, books like way back when I was a teenager and it just has that nice raw feeling emotionally which I think is missing from some of the other more cutesy books that I've read about 
witches and wicca like the wicca series and circle of three like this one feels like it's actually about young adults as in real people with emotions as opposed to teens who are just like oh they're children so they don't have real problems i'm gonna read you just a little bit uh from around the sort of mid section like a third of the way in uh just to give you some idea of what the tone is like and the content as well this is right after they decided to do a hex on oliver because he won't stand up for tony and basically tell people what really happened over the summer and that she's not actually a home wrecking bitch although it really annoys me when teens call each other home wreckers because it's like you don't have a home together shut up anywho so from page 81 you can't see it when you enter the park but the rock has a large square cavern cut into it almost as if the whale had a vast slice of blubber cut out of its side three sides are rock face while the high wire fence to the playground faces you since there are trees and bushes planted on the playground side no one can see what you're doing it's the perfect place to drink smoke weed or do witchcraft so that's where cassandra and i go down into the pit we begin by finding a piece of rock it has to be thin although cassandra won't tell me why finally i find a slither of dark shale that'll work says cassandra we sit on the ground facing each other the piece of shale in the middle then cassandra reaches into her bag and takes out a small velvet pouch how are you with blood she asks i have an immediate image of a slashed throat blood gushing with every heartbeat i shake it off um define quantity cassandra holds up a large needle it's silver with a gold point a mere pinprick i hold out my finger okay we arrange ourselves in a circle okay she says wiping my finger with an alcohol swab i'm going to draw blood when i do your job is to write an o on the stone for oliver she nods would it work with just an o it's harder than you think to get blood she smiles so i think o will have to do just keep him fixed firmly in your mind she takes my hand in hers her skin hot with tension then she holds up the needle don't look i turn my head stare off into the trees as i do i let images of oliver come into my head oliver laughing at the party the feel of him against me on the street no those are nice images i want the real oliver the one i don't like oliver not looking at me oliver with his dumb oh i don't know i don't know i don't know the stab of the needle hurts like hell my hand jerks at the pain cassandra grips it tightly okay she says go my mind's stuck on oliver confused by pain it takes me a moment to remember what we're supposed to be doing then with a dim memory of becoming blood sisters with amy somebody at camp i squeeze the tip of my finger until a bright red blood ball forms i start to write on the slab the first touch is too much it leaves a clumsy crimson blotch on the stone which soaks in more says cassandra i squeeze harder drawing the tip of my finger along the stone a thin line begins to form keep going she urges think of him think what he did how he let you down i do pressing harder and harder until it feels like i'm going to crack my nail here cassandra grabs my hand stabs my finger again i barely feel it desperate to have enough to complete the circle I start feeling lightheaded, as if it's gallons I'm pumping instead of droplets. It's so slow. It takes so long. Weak, I think. Don't be weak. You can do this. You can. When the two red swoops finally join at the slotch, I burst out laughing with happiness. Perfect, says Cassandra. Panting, I say. The blotch isn't so great. No, she says, her voice distant. It's the primal wound. The first hurt he gave you that started the circle of cruelty. And now you've brought it all back to him. That's right, I say. Cassandra takes a deep breath. Before we go on, I do have to tell you one thing. Okay. 
the threefold law or the law of return, whichever you prefer, she says, going back to her jerky voice. Basically, it says whatever energy you put out, you get back times three. So if I make Oliver silent for a week, I could be silent for three weeks. She nods or lose another sense, your hearing, your sight. In other words, calm as a bitch. Precisely. Now, do you want to know why I think that won't happen? Please. I think it won't happen because the threefold law has already been set in motion. We're making it happen right now. If you do this, you even the score. But that's just what I think, she adds uncertainly. I don't want to talk you into it. What's the worst that can happen, I ask, so I won't be able to smell or whatever for a week. You're sure? I nod. What's next? So that section there has basically the only Wiccan-esque bit in the whole book. Uh, they do mention the law of threefold return, but that's about as far as it goes in terms of relating it to actual like pagans and more witchcraft practice. The rest of it is pretty generic. But as I said, it's a pretty good read in terms of the darkness of adolescence and some sort of thrillery elements in terms of who did what and how they're going to cope with it and other things that I can't tell you about because of spoilers. So do look up, do get a copy if you can from Amazon or I think you can probably get it as an ebook as well. And let me know what you think of it if you do give it a read. As usual, you can get in touch on Twitter, which is at witchfix, or you can get in touch via email, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. You can also donate to the Patreon via the link in the description of this episode. And also check out Twitter as well for random tweets about random stuff. And also a list of books that are on the wishlist for Amazon that you can send in if you would like to have something reviewed quicker than I'm going to get around to it on my own. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.